Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and today I'm joined by Eric Jones, who also runs a podcast called Sales Intersection, where he talks around basically getting more meaning and meaningful sales and having meaning what you do um, beyond just generating sales, which is very on brand for selling without sleeves. And so we're going to be talking today through his journey to where he is now and um, his take on sales. That Forbes thing must have been rather nice, though. Yeah, that was a nice day. It was, um, more than anything, it was just kind of cool to see how far you can come, um, you know, in, in, uh, in, in a year, really in, in a year and a half. You know, I went from, you know, like mom and a couple friends and, you know, my pet <laughs> washing and, you know, pretty much getting all negative feedback to, um, to getting more of a social network watching and getting and progressively transitioning transitioning the negative feedback to positive feedback because you know you know starting something um you people love you but they they're like but sarah um th- there are a couple things that you could probably you know do better you know and, and it's just like <laughs> overwhelming at first you're like god man. um and then finally it, so yeah i was i was really proud of that um and really i want to use it um sorry about the damn microphone but um but i it, it's just it's uh it creates an opportunity right it's um for for um getting different guests on the on the show um yeah. for you know i genuinely i started this podcast because i didn't want sales rep on my tombstone um i, I knew that you know my legacy is more gonna be more than that and i wanted you know in sales you have you, you have a bad bad quarter, bad year, you walk home and you, and you feel like, you know, you're inadequate. And I didn't want to put all my eggs in the sales basket. So I wanted to create something of my own and I wanted to bring more meaning and fulfillment and impact to sales and, um, and drive the evolution in, in a positive direction. So I didn't have a big monetization game plan in, in, in the beginning. It was purely it, genuinely out of, um, out of that, wanting more meaning and having something of my own, and 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 networking with with what have now become you know 20, 25 uh, great mentors. And as it turns out, you know it's a epitome of social selling. It's 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 um, you know give 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 ask. And I've just been giving the whole time and haven't asked my you know I've over five thousand followers um, them to do anything really. Um, and so. Um, slowly, my, uh, you know, I got the eyeballs and they've transitioned into clients. So I do have a, a business side of sales intersection, which is, um, uh, which basically asks the question, um, isn't it ironic that, that sales attracts some of the most colorful personalities out there, but we're evaluated in the most archaic, binary, limited, black and white ev- evaluation model possible, which is quota. Um, so. You know, you can be a church-going, great father, husband, you know, husband, um, and and go home uh, feeling like a bunch of anxiety, losing sleep. Or you can be a, a sociopath that that killed it, kicked it out, you know, hit it out of the ballpark, 
and feel like the king of the world and treated like the king of the world. So I, I help people assess their, their color and be proud of their, their color and leverage that to be a massive success, specifically around these virtual selling, COVID times, using video, social selling, podcasting, podcasting exposure, being a sponsor on my podcast, um, using voice um, and, and getting through the noise. There's so much noise these days. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I, I, I was impressed by a cold call or by any kind of, you know, like it's amazing to me. I mean, it, it, it is and it isn't because 57% of uh, U.S. college graduates end up in a sales role eventually. And only 4% only four percent of universities offer a sales-oriented curriculum. So people are coming in cold. They don't know how to sell. You know, yeah. it's not like chemistry or engineering or, or something like that. So, um, and then that is changing. There's a burgeoning industry that's, that's trying to change that. But anyway, um, that's, that's, that's the story of, of why I started the podcast, what it's, what it's evolved to today. And it, and it continues to evolve um, and um, accelerate even faster by having guests or hosts like, like Sarah. Makes sense. So, so what, where do you see it going now? You know, now you've got in the Forbes top 20 um and you know you've you've got that sort of positioning where do you you know you said it kind of started out kind of a, a different a kind of a, i guess a different take on sales isn't it um where do you see it going now um yeah so um i, I think that what i've learned is the best answer is i don't completely know how to answer that question and i'm open to where it goes because um the people that i'm i'm that are my guests on my podcast, the, the people that have had me on as a guest, um, always give me, you know, some some very actionable insights on what what I may what I maybe I should entertain, right? Um, yeah. What I, what I do when I do know though, it, it 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 if I you know hopefully I'm articulating it right and I and I can you know selfishly do a little plug of what what I do. Um, Mm. on the on the on the podcast is i i gain you know being a guest or, or host i gain a lot of um clients that way bottom line the goal is is meaning and autonomy i i like doing my own thing i like i like having an impact over more people than just um whoever's on my team or my boss um i know i, I know selling the software or hardware that i didn't invent in these companies isn't god's work right and mm -hmm. so I feel like I have more say in in how I'm impacting the sales world, and I think I'm I'm, I'm um, helping it in a way that it, um, in in a, in a positive way in term, in regards to how it's evolving. Selling without sleeves, you know. There's been a lot of guests on my show that um, that do exactly that. It's like the second guest I had ever on my show was the guys that wrote um, Selling from the Heart, Larry Levine best-selling mm -hmm. author. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dale Dupree or, or Morgan Ingram or John yeah. Barrows, yeah. Um, but, you know, Melinda Emerson, Rebecca Von Rosen, Jill Conrath, these guys have been around the sales block, you know, for a long time. And and so they're, um, it's refreshing. You can have a, a LinkedIn feed that is pure crap and say, I don't like LinkedIn, or you can clean it up and it can be <laughs> really insightful, you know? so. The goal is to, to continue having these mentors that give me guidance. The, the goal is to continue having um, a, uh, a, a podcast that continues to evolve where 
I'm no longer doing the website and the editing and everything because I know that I it looked like a seven year old was doing it um, for a while. <laughs> uh, now I got now I got a couple employees that do that. For, I can outsource that. And then and then and and third is is getting more. I mean, after the Forbes article, I went from 200 subscribers to 2,000 on on YouTube. Is converting those eyeballs to um, to being to being clients and making sure they're they're, they're the right client. Um, and and you know what? If if you excel, I believe you excel at anything, um, especially when your heart's in it. Um, op- opportunities they, they knock at, at your door, and um, you know you'd be surprised which ones knock, and they, and it hopefully inches you closer to alignment to what you're supposed to be doing, right? And are you very much you take cues from from the world and the direction as uh, you know as the direction you're taken in, or are you more of a planny person normally? Because it, it kind of your sort of take on the on the podcast is definitely you know kind of go with the flow, see where it takes me, kind of continue on the journey. Um, is that your sort of outlook on on life in general, or is that just specifically around the podcast? That's that's me trying to show a little humility. Um, uh, but for, for the most part, I, you know, I have, I have a pretty, uh, you know, pretty steadfast in, in the way I'm, I'm journeying my, my path. Um, these mentors and the people that are influent, heavy influencers in my life, um, make sure that I don't go off the, uh, you know, don't go off the tracks. I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, I have a very clear vision of what I want to be doing, what, what my strengths are. I mean, really, I, I like to be at the intersection of psychology and sales. I, I actually majored in psychology and Spanish, double major, and I went, I went down the path of psychology. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think I want to be surrounded by, you know, maybe people that are, that have issues and are depressed all day long. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. from 8.30 to 6, that might, might bring me down a little bit. Um, but uh, I do notice that a lot of the consultations and a lot of people I work with the, the conversations do, do often transition from from sales to their life so <laughs> I, I, I I get I get I get a lot of that so the, to answer your question um, long story longer I you know I'd like to I, I, I like working with different personalities I think I have um, an innate ability to to work with I mean I all my guests you know very different you know some mm-hmm. some easy like you I, I, I tell I could tell that you know, this isn't going to be an awkward, you know, 30, 45 minutes, minutes whatever, <laughs> you know, I could, I could probably get away with saying some things I can with, with some, some of the others. But um, I think I, I have a social acumen that, that a lot enables me to assess um, who I'm working with, what's going to, what's going to resonate um, and, and, and the, the quickest way from a, going from A to B to provide value. And do you think, because I have lots of people who are like, you know, sales is they're reluctantly selling. And my audience tends to be sort of business owners who are like, they're good at what they do, but what they do isn't the sales and marketing. And so they're kind of what I call reluctant sellers. Do you, you know, have you always had that, those skills or how have you developed them? Do you think, you know, sales skills are sort of you're born with them or do you think anyone can sell? It's uh, a lot of things in sales have, have changed, right? Um um, you know, I, I, I like to think that the, the best way to be a good salesperson is to, to hopefully you have good parenting and you're a good person, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, you know, because it's, 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 
it's relationship sales. It's 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 do it's do I want to uh, engage with Eric and 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 work with him for eight months? But do I want to hang out with Eric? You know, <laughs> you are you are the company that you hang out with, right? Absolutely. So, which is inspiring that you know, <laughs> that it's, that sales is going in a direction where you need to be a good person. You know, it's it's, 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 it's <laughs> That's very, a great it's, slide, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's very it's very helpful, and it's hard, it's hard to fake, right? Yeah. Um, but um, but that being said, uh, today and ten years ago and twenty years ago, you line up ten random people. At least nine out of ten are going to uh, say that they have a negative association with with salespeople, right? And and when's the last time you asked a ten year old what they wanted to do, and they said, "I want to be in sales when I grow up." How many people have you ever met who actually wanted to be a salesperson? I've had two guests, and they and they said they. Um, what one is actually making a book? John John Barrows is making a book for his daughter about um, being in sales when she grows up. Another uh, guy, Colin Mitchell. Um, yeah, he, Colin. You know, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Colin, Colin's a, a, a beast. He's 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 just a great guy, and he's and I don't know how he does it, but he makes like three podcasts a day. But um, he came. From an upbringing where you know he was he was lucky to have dinner on the table at, mm. at night you know he, he, he went through some tough times and so you know and, that, and that's another thing some people don't have the choice you know and he mm. he just he made the choice i i don't want to be poor and i don't want to be worrying about having food on my on my plate in the morning so he went into it like a lot of people do um in the beginning at least to to make money to um uh, what they put in, they get out, right? Yeah. As you yeah. get older, though, um, there's more check boxes than just compensation and and maybe the industry. There, there's you know your relationship with your boss is is what you're is what you're doing meaningful. Um, you know, it, you know it, it, it progresses. If hopefully you've done you know well enough where you you have the opportunity to to choose those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to be honest, not many. And, and part of that is because when, when are you surrounded or when, when is there a chance for sales to be glorified? There's no, there's no classes or, or curriculum in college, in high yeah. school especially. And I mean, people end up usually in a sales role. A lot of times like they end up um, be, being a teacher. It's like, uh, you know, and, and it sucks because think about how many sales experiences you have every day. Whether you're going to get lunch, whether you're you're going, everyone's a everyone's a salesman, right? They're selling yeah. dreams, they're selling products, they're selling visions, they're selling politicians, they're selling whatever they're selling, and um, and 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 it's and so it's 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 an epidemic or pandemic. I'm not sure which one, which one means what, but um, where it's just like we're a, a large part of our life is. Mm-hmm. We don't even realize it, it's sales, and it just so happens that um, that we're doing a horrific job. I mean, most most salespeople are are just 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 absolutely terrible. You know, I'm not sure how how active you are on LinkedIn, but God, I mean, it's just like that. It's just like the epitome of of just mm. of and, awful. And do you think that comes from a lack of skill? Do you think that comes from desperation? Where do you think that comes from? Yeah, so one of the things I have on my podcast is I like to take the keynote speakers that that talk to the audience about 
how you should sell. And this is ideally pie in the sky, how the, the, the sales world should evolve. And then I like to bring on to the admirals, and then I like to be, bring on the soldiers on the front lines and ask them the same exact questions, and I get completely different answers. So because what, what the people on the front lines actually have to do to get a meeting is quite different than what the CRO, the CEO is saying. The CEO is saying, sell the dream, sell the whole solution, the, the whole transfer. We're, we're, we're transformational. We're, a pioneer, we're pioneering the field of blah, blah, blah. And then the, the soldier in the trenches is like, you just need to sell one thing, get your foot in the door, get, get that meeting, and then maybe later on plant the seed, and then, and then, um, and, and then maybe talk about that. You know? so, um, so what I'm saying is, is there's, there's a gap between what, what is necessary and, and what, what the leaders want. Um, I think there, there, are, there are terms that are thrown around in an interview that you, you do need in sales, right? Mm. And that, that can, I think, more or less can be taught. Um, I'm hungry, you know, I can, I'm, I'm tenacious, resilient. I could take no for an answer. I could, you know, um, you know, I, I, I know how to talk to, to, uh, you know, marketing coordinator to the C level. Um, and then, um, then there's things that I think, uh, can't, can't be taught. You know, there's the Maverick sales guys that, that they're, you know, let's just be honest down to the core. They're, they're not very good people. Um, but they, but they're savvy about, um, and, and some people actually like, let's talk, you know, I, I sold them to CTOs in cybersecurity. CTOs don't really care if you're, you know, a lot, you know, the, the, the cybersecurity team usually doesn't go out to lunch with the sales team. You know, they're just, those crews don't really mesh, you know, and part, partly because CTOs don't want the rah, rah, rah sales marketing talk. They want like, is, is this a product that we were going to use or, or is it not? So. There's certain industry industries where um, where yeah, there's some skills for the most part that um, that sometimes sometimes you oftentimes need that can't be taught. But if you're in the, if you're in the right industry, um, you, you just don't need them. And then and then there's um, you know situations where I don't have an answer where I don't know how the hell, how the hell this guy su succeeds like month to month, but he he has he's not doing social selling right he knows none of the sales methodologies he or she they're, they're doing basically everything that sandler says he shouldn't or whatever um chris voss and negotiating or, or what have you um not using any any of the tools linkedin right or zoom info or and and somehow they just um they they, they just do it you know there's there's some enigmas i mean i've seen i've seen it all you know um it's unfortunate I don't see more women in sales. Um, season two is dedicated to underrepresented sales leaders, so I had a lot more women on there um, and uh, underrepresented groups. Um, but I think why that. Do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think there are fewer women? Um, I, I, I personally, I, I think usually the, um, and I don't want to. I don't want to say something right now where I, I'm, I'm going to get um, an arrow on my on my front door. 
I did. Where you live on the uh, on the nights? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I live somewhere <laughs> somewhere in the United States, Western United States. Uh, um, I did grow up. <laughs> I grew up with two 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 older sisters and a mom, and, and for most of my life. So I do want to say that you know I know what it's like to very kind of you know estrogen high environment. Um, I'll, I'll just say that. But I think that you know in, in sales, it's not it's not um, encouraged to talk about your feelings. Um, it's not encouraged to um, to really express yourself over even though even though it, i think more and more it is at least along yeah. the, the feed i have in linkedin it's it's more the more real you are the um uh the, the more the more the more stream of consciousness esque you are the more it like you're like dale dupree i i i'll go back to him you know time and time again he, he's like a, i call him the william wallace of sales and um and um even though he writes some some entries that are like, wow, that's kind of depressing, you know. Like, I don't know if I would write that. He he also comes back and is just like power strong, you know. It's just like if if you're if you're yourself, you know, it's just like a therapist would say. Like, if you're going through a hard time, it's like, how do you get out of it? You you express yourself. That doesn't mean you're going to be depressed like next mm -hmm. weekend and the week after. But getting it out helps your resilience and that. And a lot of times in sales, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things you do that, at least in some traditional sales environments, that are unnatural. And for women, um, first of all, usually in my experience, it's in any sales environment, it's like one out of ten, two out of ten are women. Mm -hmm. And I must say, in, in those experiences, the women kick ass. I mean, they're like they're studs. They're 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 not there because HR said we need a couple of women. These yeah. these women are these women like don't they don't take shit and they and they like they're they're I mean like I wouldn't want to fight them in an alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, the, but, but then I guess it's their probably their their tendencies are are more towards the you know they are the more assertive the more kind of traits that you would normally associate with guys rather than that yeah. Traits. That and and I think um, the guy guy sales environments in my experience um, are, are a little behind the curve in terms of like what HR would uh, would, <laughs> would probably promote. You might say even even if even if they're they're going to the women marches and whatnot, um, what's being said in the locker room, you know, at the in, in the company yeah. gym is is a little you know a little different so a lot of times the girls that i've worked with the women that i've worked with they're um they have to be kind of one of the guys you know sometimes yeah. and they yeah. and they they go along with that but um but but guys always respect them you know like i, I always respect like the woman that's like she's like the only woman in in the group and she's like that's that's gotta be a lot you know i mean i'm, I'm a white male blue eyes heterosexual I was I was raised in Monterey County, lived in San Francisco. Like I've never been discriminated against in my life. You know, I'm a yeah. walking cliche. I'm doing sex <laughs> in San Francisco. So I mean, I, I got you know I got a lot of respect for yeah. for women, but um, I, I have to imagine that um, a lot of it is is what they don't know is is that there's there's a rebellion happening. I think there's mm -hmm. sales. There's there's a it's it's small, but there's a rebellion happening that um that that is probably more aligned with 
what they would want to have in sales. But the traditions run so deep that yeah. they're, they're like, I don't think that's for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you're still on the superficial, aren't you? They're sort of on the outside looking in, and it, and it still looks very similar to how it's how it's looked for some time. Yeah, but you know, you ask some women that are on the sales team, and they they say, um, like, I don't think there's a problem. Like, you know, like you, 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 whatever you put in, you get out. Like, you know, like the those, you know, they'll they'll be they'll be more they'll be more aggressive. Like, if if if, if I said it, I'd get in trouble. You know, but. <laughs> so i mean i, I bring it on I, i'd love to have more women in, in sales yeah uh, no, that was, that was good. So, so did i did i get out of that without, without... i think you got all right i don't think you're gonna get any arrows to the door well done well done <laughs> he's like oh god why did i mention women <laughs> no i think you're totally right i think you know there is that it can be a bit of a boys club um and you know you've got to kind of you the, the people that tend to the women that tend to stick around and obviously it depends on industry but the women who stick around are the ones who join in or they tolerate it or they don't even notice it in the first place um well, you, you'd be so, the perfect, perfect person to ask i mean you you yeah. uh, well to be fair work. i think i've worked in uh, mostly i think and obviously as you move into sort of more managerial stuff um you you see more guys it is more male orientated um so when i moved into sort of product management i was a lot more aware of oh i'm a woman and there's loads of guys um, and it's like and then the guys the people above me are all guys um and so you know that that was kind of i think i was more aware of it in that time i think working in medical sales our customer base was a lot of um, nurses so um there yeah, was so you, work, you worked in pharma. There's quite, a, there's quite a mix, um, but it would be, you know, there's quite a few of the companies that I worked for that as soon as you went from, you know, the soldiers on the ground and you went to sort of the next level up, so the more account management, the more strategic, it was so much more male. Um, and I think that's where you kind of began to notice and it became a bit of a, a boys club and, you know, you'd sort of start with the kind of male-orientated comments, etc. Um, but... I think I was quite fortunate that the the environment I came into was very mixed. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, you've Which done I... a you've done a hell of a job, so you did something right. <laughs> well, I, I think some would argue that I've got more <laughs> male orientated tendencies. I'm not the feely feely kind of person. So, <laughs> oh dear. So, going back to you know, you started the podcast because you wanted to. Um, I guess, well, you were saying that it, there was a, a sort of mix between it being quite fickle in that it's, you know, there's the pressure on people to be, prove themselves, but then there's also that sort of stigma around sales. So what brought you to talk around and, and sort of address that intersection between money making and actually having mm. meaning? Yeah. So it's threefold, really. One, selfishly, it, it was something that I, I needed in my life, um, after 17 years in sales, uh, it was looking pretty tricky to like change careers completely. So I wanted to, um, I thought, you know, what, I'm going to stay here and try to change it from the inside. And I, I know there's, it's not just me doing it. There's, there's other pioneers that are part of this rebellion. So there's, there's that I wanted to, um, I, I knew I couldn't like bring this up in a team meeting and say, you know, I, Hey guys, I, I want more meaning and, and impact. <laughs> I, I want, 
I want I want to share my feelings more. You know that it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I can imagine how that would have gone down. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have got, got an invite for the next Friday saying um, it's time for you to leave the company. <laughs> um, um, and then and then the, the the two others were I was progressively seeing the younger generations, millennials and um, Xers, um, ask. Um, for more meaning and ask in the interview process, what kind of impact are you guys trying, like what's meaningful for, for you? What causes are you backing? Um, I, I, I'm not gonna just sell hardware, and just be this robotic sales guy every day. So there's those that are asking for it that genuinely want it. And then there were the CEOs and, and you know, the, the, you know, the, the shareholders and, and, and whatnot that didn't necessarily, um, un- want the same thing but they wanted to understand it so on on my podcast you know like i said i got about five six thousand followers i've got the ceo of zoom info for example all the way down to um, people i bring on that have never been on a podcast and so um it was it was you know uh i think this was what what is what makes good good content is is you're talking about something that you're passionate about genuinely passionate about and people could tell if, if you if you are or you're faking it and and it ties in with um, a problem or something that um, in this case a topic that needs to be talked about and I'm not saying that I'm solving it but I'm saying by talking about it and 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 bringing the admirals and the soldiers together um, you know it's it's uh, it's resonating and, and the more press I get um, you know, the more more leverage I have in going in and working with these companies and, you know, in, instilling a, a little bit of that DNA, that little, uh, you know, some, some of that wiring. So, um, and, and on top of that, things that I, 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 I can never imagine. I mean, now I have a list of 20, 25 mentors. I mean, t- just talking to you for an hour, you know, I'm not going to call you and ask you to be like, you know, my godmother, uh, you know, <laughs> Some something like that, you know. But I, you know, I feel like you know after something like this, I could, I could reach out, and just be like, oh, I, I just have a question, you know. I'm I'm at this stage in my uh, you know podcast uh, lifestyle narrative, and um, did you ever come across this? Can you give me advice? Yeah. You know, and I've, I've reached out to to a lot of them, and um, you know, and and it, and it comes down to I like to think that I, I talk about things and I ask questions um, that that they're, if I, if I don't, if I don't get in my, my, in my podcast, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm a host, if I don't get a, wow, I've never been asked that question before, or geez, that's a really interesting question. Then I, I consider it kind of a disappointment and, and, and getting in their, their heads and, and really, and I doing my research on, on a deep enough level where it's almost borderline creepy that I know so much about them. Um, you know, they 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 respect that, and they admire that, and then they oh, and they and then they make introductions and open the doors, and they feel comfortable. You know, like when I had Jill Conrath. After Jill Conrath, she opened the door to Melinda Emerson and Rebecca Van Rosen and Laurie Richardson and stuff. So, um, so it's it's I now I have twenty five mentors. You know, and that feels um, that that you know it, it's it's. It's great. It's a blessing and a curse because you're surrounded by people that are that are more successful than you and that are that are constantly doing more than you at day to day. 
And so you, you, you want to surround yourself by a couple people in your group that are, are, aren't, aren't, aren't doing that much in their life. So then you get every once in a while you feel, be, feel better about yourself. <laughs> well, I thought I, I was doing really good until I met these people. <laughs> I don't, they don't know who they are, but I got a couple. <laughs> I like that. So, so you are a definite firm believer in you are the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. Oh, I, oh, I, I think uh, um, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I say that with, you know, kind of jokingly that 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 it just so happens that most people that, that I'm, I'm seeing in my LinkedIn feed or the people or the mentors I, I consider mentors that have been on my show, um, they they have been more successful in, in a lot of ways, and in some ways not as fortunate. But um, mm -hmm. in, in in what I'm focused on, career wise, and and with the podcast and in my business um yeah absolutely i mean you know it, it can that energy could could you know could change your your first your five minutes your hour your day um and and when i i work by myself in my apartment so i'm pacing around bouncing ideas against myself and sometimes i just call up someone or i meet someone and i'm like oh my god like i was i really went down a rabbit hole there for about you know six, 36 hours <laughs> Yeah, you can you can do that in a group situation as well. You know, like as a team, you, you know, you get the whole group thing, and before you know it, you think it's a fantastic idea, and it's like, well, you know, I actually needed to take a bit of a step back and get some sort of external input into that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I try to extend that. This has been a great way to extend that network, and and that's and you know, and you don't want to you don't want it to be too. Um, insular right where it's like no. you you and, and the people that hang around you that will give you a pat on the back no matter what and that's why season season three is is for me is the, um, thematically going to be international um international host is to kind of get out of my echo chamber even you know of course there's a lot of diversity in the united states but but i'm finding you know i had uh, as as did you raul uh, yeah raul, uh, Wadwa, yeah. who I I was actually on a guest on his show yesterday, um, and it, it's complete. It's a completely different world, you know. Okay. And I loved it. I loved it, you know. And so um, now I'm, uh, I'm I'm starting easy, you know, with the English speakers, England, <laughs> go go Australia, Ireland, and then I'll and then I'll. Um, then You've I'll, got a few to go yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did that, did that. Did Rahul, did he ask you uh, what superhero you'd most like to be? Um, you know, he did not. He asked me some really interesting questions, um, as he always does, because we, we probably couldn't be more um, dissimilar, you know, our, our personalities. Like, I, I, he's, he's, he even admits, he said, I'm a, I'm a boring person. Most people, <laughs> most people that I know would call me a boring person. Um, and you know, and he, and he's just so, so humble and, and he's kind of a perfectionist, you know, like yeah. he, has, he, has, he hasn't read a lot of books, but the ones he has, he's read like five times, you know, and he's just, <laughs> um, but, but we both support each other. We're both kind of in the same, the same kind of area, but he, 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 I, I always ask him a lot of questions that he's never been asked. And he's never, he's asked me questions that, that really are thoughtful, unique questions, but he didn't, he didn't ask me that <laughs> I got some sort of weird quick fire round at the end and he was like yeah before you go what superhero <laughs> what superhero would you 
that's good. Superhero. I was like, I, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm writing that one down. I mean, when, yeah, when I have you on as, as a guest, just be, just be, be, uh, be ready because I'm going to ask. <laughs> I've got to make my choice between Iron Man and Thor then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 should probably, you probably should take five minutes to think about it if you want to be on the <laughs> I was expecting deeper meaning for but yeah, you didn't get it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Eric, right, if, you, if people want more of you, if they want to find out more about what you do, um, if they want your take of sales into their life, what can they What can they do? How can they find out more? You know what? I'll just say two things. You, um, just go to salesintersection.com um, or simply Google sales intersection and pretty much the whole page is, is all my stuff. And so when you come in and you help people out, what, are you, what do you do? What, how do you work with clients? So clients... Generally, um, they, I mean, you know, I, I'll say this on the show because it's a podcast, but I've wanted 21, 22 guests and I've gotten all 22 of them. Jill Conrad took about nine months. Thanks, Jill. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the same thing for, um, for, I help, you know, with, with landing interviews, jobs, with um, get, getting the CMO, the CEO to, to respond. Um, I have a tool set, uh, even down to a tool that I, I could bring you up on LinkedIn and it will do a psychoanalysis of you. It'll, it'll actually take your personality traits and, and tell me how to sell to you when you're a cold prospect to a warm lead to qualified opportunity. Um, so I, ha- I have a tool set that literally, I, they say it takes seven touches to, to, to get a... Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting or whatever i'm disappointed if i don't get in the first touch so um if you want if you if, if companies usually i work with with individual groups small companies mid-sized businesses that it usually it's, it's a it's a bandwidth issue they want more time you know as RevOps becomes more of a popular term um they they want those resources involved in kind of nurturing the the lead throughout the sales funnel to become a customer and then and then attention on re- on retention you know because mm-hmm. your your best yeah. sales people your best sales people aren't are not on your payroll so your customers that refer more, more customers right so yeah. if you if you want to outsource that energy to fill the top of the funnel um and then not only that because there's 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 a slew of competitors that i have that that, that would do that but not at the rate that i convert um and then to, to then qualify that that opportunity to, to go into kind of um, either demo stage or uh, discovery perception stage or, you know, something that's worthy of talking to your boss and a one-on-one about. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, my, that's my expertise. Oh, we should set that earlier on. I would have delved way more into that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you very much, Eric. It's been really enjoyable to speak to you. Thank you once again to Eric for joining us today. And if you want to check out more from him, then do check out his podcast, Sales Intersection. So tune in on Thursday for more behind the scenes information and updates on sales from just me going solo on a Thursday. And if not, join us next week for another guest. Bye for now. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.